everybody. Welcome. Welcome back to Question the Answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we don't have any spooky stories for you today, but I mean, they're kind of like spooky stories. The real world is quite spooky. So, <laughs> and getting even It's spookier. still on trend. <laughs> we have some quick updates just from previous. All right, go for it. Previous Megan. Let's topics. Hear it. So, one, I don't know if we if anyone remembers when we spoke about um, Jamal Bowman and his his accidental pull of the fire alarm that he thought was a door that he was a total accident. Nothing was marked correctly. What is he, your update? Because I just read a story today too. Well, I read that he was charged with a misdemeanor. Um, because he did a plea deal because he's a Democrat, so the rules are different for him. So he gets off on this, even though there's a big red yeah. sign that says fire alarm. Well, nothing's going to happen to him. I mean, we we know that, but yeah, he was he was charged with a misdemeanor for triggering a fire alarm as lawmakers rushed to pass the bill from preventing the government. To Is shut that down. the exact wording in the mm-hmm. in the in the one article I saw? The Fox. Did he article. did he at least admit to doing this? That I don't know. I don't think so. Is he well, sticky? He really I think he's to. sticky. He's on film. He's on film, <laughs> but I think he's sticking to his story that it was it was an accident. It's kind of like Lauren Boebert <laughs> saying she didn't vape. Right, and correct. It was the, the smoke's like fall, coming out of her mouth. <laughs> yeah, I think he's sticking to his story, and you know, we all saw the marked, the marked area, and he's claiming he he thought that was for the door. So he gets a misdemeanor, and all the January six people get to rot their asses in jail. <clears throat> yep, yep. That's fantastic. Seems fair, doesn't it? Cool. It's, yeah, because you're d different, dem different. So. Exactly. I think you did have to pay a thousand dollar fine. Oh, okay. boo hoo! Okay. You mean of our taxpayer yes. dollars? Right. They just took you it mean, out of the fund. You mean we paid a thousand dollar fine? Okay. You're welcome, Jamal. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a not so funny topic, I've, right now there's currently a mass shooter on the loose, Robert Card. Uh, there was a shooting, a mass shooting in Maine. He killed 18 victims and wounded 13 others across two locations earlier this week. He is still at large. They have not found him. They've literally put the state under lockdown. Correct. But now I think there's concern that he's going to cross the border because... Probably. I think Maine is only three and a half miles away from Canada. And then there's also other entries through Quebec, I believe, and... Else. So they're, they're, that's a huge concern. So everyone's going to look out for that. But at this point, we have not found this person. So do we even know if he's in Maine still? No. I, I, the way they're kind of, you know, the police are talking in the press conferences is I think they believe that he has left the state. I this would, is bizarre. So, you know, you know, Maine doesn't have red flag laws. They have what's called yellow flag ro- laws. But this person, even in the press conferences when they were detailing that this person had a mental health issue and yep. was not admitted but he was committed to a mental health facility for two weeks in the summer because he was hearing voices he, through his hearing aid right what okay. oh i didn't know <laughs> okay so i read a co- so yes i knew that he was committed he had said at least from a couple articles i read that he intended or wanted to shoot up a place shoot people was released he's following through on what he said and then um his sister has spoken out and I believe it was a Breitbart article I read where she was saying he had recently, within like a few weeks ago, gotten hearing aids because he was having hearing loss. And he was claiming that he was hearing voices through his hearing aid of people talking about him. And that's, so does that sound normal to you? No. No, that sounds like a severe mental health issue. Correct. So let me ask you this question. Once again, a mass shooting incident all the freaking signs are there and nobody does anything. We, so those, we talked about this. So those yellow flag laws basically state that if anyone is, you know, committed mentally, then they have to have their firearms possession taken away from them. That is what a yellow flag law is. Nobody did anything after no. he was released. Not to mention, this is a firearms instructor. Correct. So they're just like, oh... You've heard some voices. Take some pills. Go back to your guns and live your life. Are we kidding? This is just another example of the failure of our system and how we have once again failed these people and have not focused truly on the issue of mental health. Well, because now you have the same culprits coming out and being like, we need... I don't want to hear about the guns. I don't want to hear about the guns. That is not the problem. You have a man who is an, is an army reservist. So military training... 
on the loose. Do you think if one of those bystanders or victims had a gun, he'd still be standing? Mm. Probably not. Yeah, I bet, you, I bet you the folks in Maine probably all wish they owned a gun right now. Exactly. If that individual And we want to talk about home. gun laws? I'm sorry. I, well, you're missing the point. Well, you can talk about guns and gun laws all you want. The problem is we're not enforcing the ones we have. We're not, we're not doing anything with the ones we've put into place. So and and continue to once again just punish the the law-abiding citizen. This is infuriating. I'm I'm very very confused over how this man gets committed, not admitted, meaning it was involuntary, and then is just set free to go home to all of his guns. Are you? What planet is this okay? I mean, and did you see the These images of victims. him and with with his AR-15? I think it was. I mean. It's terrifying. It's it's horrible. The fact that we have not caught this guy is scary. And who knows what he's capable of. And you know, most it, the thing that's even scarier is one, obviously he has committed a huge crime. He's done a mass shooting. But unlike other typical mass shootings where they're either one caught or they kill themselves, this guy is still finding a will to live and go on. Mm. So it's like, what else is he going to do? I wish we could capture him and study him. My guess is he's a severe schizophrenic. You know, just yeah. just as a side note, I was talking to a teacher, and she was. T- I was like, hey, how'd your day go? And she was like, oh, it was good. We had um, active shooter drills today. Mm-hmm. I'm like, these poor children. Like, we had fire yeah. drills, which they were do the, that now. It was the best day ever because you just got out yeah. of whatever class you were in. <laughs> And no fire was really ever going to happen in a school. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the in cafeteria toaster or something. Right. I mean, <laughs> now they have to do fire drills and these things called active shooter drills. Yes, they do that in all schools now. It's like I really believe. sad. And it's it's even sadder because obviously, like in the younger age groups, they don't. T- you know, obviously, they're not telling kids this is for an active shooter drill. They yeah. they make up a, a reason why they're doing that. Um, what is the reason? Hide and seek. Yeah, something about hiding or just making sure this if. There was ever an emergency, like everybody's safe. If they Bigfoot kind of, came through, if Bigfoot, yeah, they kind of they try to make okay. it not scary, right? Because you don't want to traumatize kids. But right. in this day and age, you have to do it, which is sad and it's it's scary. This is why I just feel like why don't we just all homeschool at this point? Now, <laughs> um, there's been numerous studies that these folks they they're looking for some type of like not glamour glamour is not the right word, but they're looking for some type of like fame when it comes to these mass shootings. So I think you and I should make a pact to never mention these people's names and yeah. to never show their pictures because I don't care who the individual is. Evil is evil. And there's been numerous studies that show that this is why they do what they do. They're trying to copycat someone else. Um, but I think you and I should make a pact, like, moving forward. I'm good with that. That we don't really highlight who these people are. We just highlight the facts behind the case and how sick these, these situations unfold. I think at the end of the day, and I need to correct myself, too, I said that. Um, I think it's Lewiston is about, I said three and a half miles. It's three and a half hours away from (laughs) Canada. I knew when I said that, I'm like, that's like a hop, skip and a jump. That's very close. (laughs) (laughs) You wanted to do a retraction? But still, it's close. So I think the border is a concern. And obviously he's trying to to escape. He's trying to. Well, not to mention, it's not like Rochester, New York, where we're very like dense, densely populated. This is Maine. There's like forests and lakes. (sighs) And I mean, it's. It's wide and it's very much spread apart. Um, but my guess is he's left, and the way and yeah. you can just tell from the press conferences coming from the mm-hmm. you know the the police is that I feel like they they know he's he's left. Now Pennsylvania just got involved because they they did. They, they were involved in something where they had to shut down their own borders um, to catch someone before, so they're actually helping Maine with this now. To I mean, it's got to be an all hands on deck situation at this point. Yeah the, yeah, the guy's walking around with guns, and he's hearing people. And, and I think last night, people. the FBI went to his most recent known address and did a raid there. Obviously, he wasn't there. Let me guess. They found a lot of guns. They found, Yes, they found guns. Oh. They found, I think, his computer, or they were searching for his computer. Any form of information they could gather. I don't know what has come of that yet. I just know that that happened yesterday. So... I, mean, I don't what, know. It's horrific. What at 40 years old causes you to walk into a public domain and kill people for no reason? He went to a bowling alley. People are there with their children it was like youth and their night, families. I think. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And then goes to a bar and does the same thing. And I think a Walmart, too. Didn't he go to a Walmart? I, I only know two places. There could have been a third. I, th- I think there was the shootings at the two places, but then I think he may, might have been seen like near a Walmart as well crazy anyway it's horrible i feel terrible for these victims and the families 
I'm will, hoping they catch this guy like now. I will tell you something that made me feel better uh, yesterday was I went and visited a school. Um, it's called Bosey's here in mm-hmm. in you know Rochester, New York. It's in Spencerport. Beautiful school, and they do um, they they teach kids the trades, whether it's cosmopolitan, carpentry, HVAC, and plumbing, and. The security to get into this building was intense. The security guard out front already knew we were coming and said, hi, are you so-and-so and so-and-so? And we were like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, all right, come with me. She walks us through one sets of door, doors. And then she points to the gentleman at the window, and she goes, please go check in with the gentleman at the window. And he goes, I need, I need your driver's license. He makes a copy of our driver's license. He already has the person I'm with in their system because he had been there before for a previous meeting. And she prints us out a sticker of our driver's license with our picture on it. Then, then has to unlock the door to let us into the school where then we're taken by, by faculty members. I, I, I walked in and I said, congratulations, you guys. This is probably one of the best secured schools I've seen in a long time. That made me feel really good on behalf of I those children. I think today, in today's world, every single school should be like that. Mm-hmm. No questions asked. And as we're walking around the school, there's security guards everywhere. Or ROIs, or um, resource officers, ROs. Everywhere. Like, there, there's nothing happening at this school. Yeah. They're protected, those kids. And that, as, as it should be. And I said to myself, why isn't every school now set up like this? Who's walking into that school trying to commit a crime? So I know for ours, um, it's it's kind of similar. So you have to buzz to even get through the entryway to the school where you first talk with who was ever at the front desk. There's another set of doors that are also locked. They have to let you in through those doors. They have to buzz you in. Hmm. So you can't just walk into the front door and you're in the school. I mean, you remember when you and I were going to school? Come on in. Yeah, everyone. I think come they would on, like leave on. the doors open. That's right. You know, on a warm day, you yeah. have the door open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. I mean, they were very small schools, but just, like, yeah, you just can't do that anymore. And it's, it's sad. It's depressing. So there will be obviously a lot more updates happening I wonder happening when they'll catch this story. guy. Hopefully soon. Hopefully before he soon. does more damage. Exactly. So more to come. Um, I had another interesting update. So we've talked about our, our pals at Bud Light. Oh, Anheuser I couldn't believe Bud. this. I know. So what are Dana White, I, I was a little shocked. So Dana White, uh, who is the UFC president and CEO, just this week announced that he signed a six-year contract, a $100 million contract with Bud Light as their main sponsor. I wonder if these beer. two know each other personally, and Anheuser-Busch walked in and was like, we really need you to save our ass right so now. So I have a nice little clip um, of Dana White speaking about why he decided to do that. I oh, guess... This, oh, this is a guy? Oh, okay. Um, yes, it's a man. <laughs> I didn't know there was a general neutral. Is this a strong message from Anheuser-Busch and Bud Light that uh, we've heard you loud and clear and we're getting back on track. Anyway, here with more on all of this, this brand new partnership is UFC president, CEO Dana White is with us. You know, so I had you on my radio sh- show today, been on radio 30 plus years, been here, I'm in my 28th year at Fox. And, you know, what's interesting to me is I refuse to call for boycotts, firings, cancellations, any of this stuff. I'm against all of it. I didn't like... I thought it was stupid of, of Budweiser or Bud Light to get into that controversy. Just dumb. And I have no idea why they waded into those waters. But my fear from the beginning was not the person that made the dumb decision or the people that made the dumb decision. When I saw this taking hold, I was concerned about the people that work for Bud Light. Those are high-paying career jobs. And I said that publicly. And I'm hoping, you know, everybody knows who you are, Dana. No holes barred. Kick ass. Take no prisoners. I don't give an Adam Schiff. You're in anybody's face. So they purposely went with you. Tell us about it. Yeah. You know, well, first of all, let me start with, uh, you know, they, they were the first beer company that we really did business with. They're our first real big sponsor uh, when we were getting started. And now we're back with them. And going into this deal, you know, I, I know all the controversy and everything else, but for myself, Going into a long-term deal with another sponsor, I want to be with somebody that I'm actually aligned with. And I know people were, were upset with what they did, but uh, I'm looking at all the good things that they do. You know, they, they employ 65,000 Americans. They have thousands of vets that work for them. They spend $700 million a year 
with U.S. farmers using their crops to make their products and many, many other great things that Anheuser-Busch has done uh, in this country. And those are the things that I'm focused on. Uh, when I look at a long-term sponsor that's going to be—we're going we're to do a six-year deal here, I want to be with somebody that I'm aligned with. All those things that I just mentioned to you are what I'm all about. And not to mention, they, they have this thing called Folds of Honor. I'm very big into law enforcement and military. And over the last, I don't know how many years, they've spent like $45 million taking care of, uh, you know, these servicemen and first responders who have died, taking care of their families, scholarships for their kids and things like that. So I am very aligned with Anheuser-Busch. So interesting, interesting. And it's like, you know, there's been a lot of comments coming out from fans or people that follow the UFC saying, you know, you're a sellout. You know, everybody just wants to pay out the money. And it's it's like, you know, I see both sides. Is it, does everybody have a price? Or does everyone deserve a second chance? Okay, you know? so everyone loves a comeback man or a comeback boy, whatever that expression is. <laughs> if a company makes a bad decision, they deserve to reap those consequences. When a company makes have. a good decision, they should also reap those consequences. This, in my opinion, aligns with their customer base. This was never a personal thing for me. It was more of a business decision. Why would a business get involved into a conversation they don't belong in and yeah. that doesn't align with their consumer? This guy, Mr. Dana White, is somebody that aligns with their consumer. This is a good decision. And Listen, they've been in, in partnership before. You can't, you can't just sense. hold a grudge against a company. I mean, he's right. They do a lot of good things. I think the woman who made that other marketing decision deserves to lose her job over it yeah. because the company lost money over it. Yeah. Now, this is something that will help them. So whoever made this decision should be given the accolades they they agree with. Once again, everyone likes a comeback man. So yeah. great. Good I, job for I, you, Bud I Light. I truly think Bud Light. Still not going to drink you, but whatever. Great. This was a better decision for marketing and what aligns with their consumer. They messed up and they did reap those consequences. Yeah. Very loud and clear. I'm, I'm thinking they heard the message and I, I really don't, unless you're just really dumb, <laughs> but I don't think they're ever going to do that again. So I don't I'm think hoping so either. they take this opportunity and just stick to what they're good at. And, and to, what they to know. answer your question, Megan, everybody deserves a second chance. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Everybody deserves a second I chance. Agree. So AJ, AJ, I'm curious about your opinion on it. Yeah, well, I'm biting my tongue here. I, I, <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I get it. You know, Budweiser, Anheuser Busch—they've done a lot of great things over the years, um, and that there's no doubt about that. It was just a very stupid decision that they made to get into these waters. Um, so yeah, I'm, you know, and you know, Dan and White, I mean, uh, if this is about, he's doing the right thing as far as he's concerned. Um, I get it. He's also taking a lot of money. Uh, Budweiser's yeah. throwing oh, a yeah. lot of money <laughs> yeah. at him. Well, that's what business Budweiser is, money. Budweiser threw a lot money. of money at the NFL. They're throwing a lot of money at car, uh, auto racing. They're doing it to save their company. And here's the thing. Um, I'm a beer drinker. I have never liked Budweiser, but hey, I know a lot of people do. Um, a lot of people stopped drinking their product and have gone on to other product. So their biggest challenge now yeah, is them back. please forgive us and also come back to our crappy beer. Right. Because now we're sticking with men who fight each other. <laughs> so, so I mean, so th they've got a they've got a long road to hoe. But I I don't begrudge Dan away for doing this. I think the company hopefully has learned its lesson to. Um, you know, stay in your lane. Yeah. And no one was asking for no. throwing out support to a, a transgender to um, to make a statement. Like like Target has suffered. Like Victoria's Secret has suffered. Like many other companies have suffered. Stay in your lane and don't try to normalize a lot of other stuff that most people right. will look at and go, wait a minute. And push it in your face. And push it in your face. That's right. If you want to give to charity, if companies want to give to to organizations as they please, fine, Listen, fine. But we don't need to plaster it on billboards, on advertisements, on bathing suits that you can tuck yourself into. We don't need that. 
Anheuser-Busch is lucky that they have the base, the foundation, and the money to recover from a yes, market they are. decision yeah, of this. True. They are. So not all companies get that get that um, cushion, all right? Listen, a lot of companies go out of business because they don't make the right decisions. Mm -hmm. This company made a bad decision but had the cushion to... Mm. I don't know if they're coming back from it yet, but eventually they will. And they've lost a lot of customers, but what they need to do is focus on the new customers that they can they can bring in. So, And that's why Dana White's here is because he's a big, tough man. Let's bring him in. Let's see if we can get people that like Dan White to drink our beer. I mean, it's all, it's all a game in marketing. It, it's yeah. literally a numbers game. Yeah. So, you know, Anheuser-Busch, congratulations on a good decision. Give um, Dana White a hug because yeah, give him he's a big helping hug. out. But he, you're right. They're, th tell. they're throwing a lot of money everywhere, trying to, you know, just just yeah. trying to get their um, reputation back to where it was. And you're right. The, the ones who really suffered were their employees. Yeah, and I mean, that's a shame. The general workforce. Yes. Who had no say in these decisions, and like you do in most companies, they have no say. Yeah, you're just making a paycheck your for your family. What will do because those are driven by corporate. But but at the end of the day, you know, the, the average Joe and Jane uh, got stiffed. Yeah, because yeah. of a decision made by corporate headshots. I've never tried Bud Light. I don't drink beer. I don't like I beer. Can't get it I down. mean, I've tried it like back in college, and I was like, mm, no. I was me. I was the college girl that walked around with my own wine spritzer because I could not you get would. I could not get beer down. I, I think, couldn't either. I think beer is the most disgusting tasting thing on the planet. I know I'm a weirdo when I say that. I, I agree. I don't I don't drink beer. Wine or alcohol, it. give it to me. I can't even beard the smell of it. It makes your blow. We should do, I a, do it. a taste test one day. Are we allowed to do that, Joel? <laughs> Can we just bring in like <laughs> alcohol and want to do a gummy taste test too? No. <laughs> you can I'll send be, you home to get your kids off the bus. I'll be Brit dancing with knives. <laughs> <laughs> I think our viewers would love to. I know I would love to see. I it. mean, I mean, they're going to be asleep, or I'm going to be. In on rock gone mad. That's <laughs> there's no in between. <laughs> we'll put you on rock gone mad. The only last little update, and then we're going to get to the topic that everybody wants to know. Um, after about three and a half weeks, there's been a new house speaker announced. Finally, never heard of this guy, Mike Jor Johnson, <laughs> Jor Michael Jordan. <laughs> Mike Johnson. I don't think Mike Jordan knows. Michael <laughs> He's Jordan not aware knows yet. Yeah. <laughs> Who yes. is this guy? He so, looks nice. He looks nice. I agree. I didn't know too much about he him either. Nice, nice. He's been he's been around for quite some time. So he's fifty one years old. He's married from oh, he Louisiana. Fifty one. He looks young. Yeah. Um. He's from Louisiana. He's got four children. I just got so bored with this. I couldn't even watch. I couldn't yeah. even listen. It's like they I made the so announcement. You're like, oh yeah, we, I forgot we didn't have a speaker. <laughs> I'm so over it. Like I just, yeah. So he served as vice chairman of the House Republican Conference. He's been a member of Congress for seven years. This is his fourth term, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um. He has consistently voted against Ukraine aid, except yes. the, for the very first bill. He's pro-life. Uh, he's been actively involved with the investigation into Biden and wants to bring forth justice for his crimes. Um, he won his congressional seat with the largest margin of victory in his region, um, which has happened in more than 50 years. Um, but it's funny. So the Republicans, obviously, this was a great announcement. It seemed everyone was very happy and united on this decision. But when, when I was starting to look at articles and even just see things on social media, more from the left, the he, left wing. Oh, side. he's already been labeled as mega mega. Oh, so mega, I found this, this fun little clip that just all the different media stations saying basically the same things about this guy. Already, like the second he was announced. An election denier. Election denier. Election denier. An election denier. Election denier. Election denier. An election denier. Election denier. Election denier. Election denier. Election denier. Mm-hmm. The Louisiana lawmaker has been a vocal supporter of former President Donald Trump. The Louisiana lawmaker has been a vocal supporter of former President Donald Trump. Johnson is a vocal supporter of former President Donald Trump. Johnson is known as a vocal supporter of former President Donald Trump. Isn't that amazing? Isn't this pathetic? This is yes. our mainstream media. Is there media. a memo that's set out? They, yeah, they do it. They about have to. bullet points. Because it's all the same pieces of information. Nothing new. Nothing new from any of these air stations or outlets. And once again, he was he supported Trump. Tr it's all about he Trump. He supported Trump, so he's bad. Um, he spoke out about the election. You know, that's all they want to focus on. Nothing else. Oh, and that he's he's against abortion. 
that's the other big one that people are like fuming over. Yeah, like it, it keeps going. It's, just it's funny how control. they can just take different voices and finish the sentence. Does that not Correct. say something? Does that not say something? It's like, here are your talking points today. Does everyone understand that the news is not those people's original thoughts? Does Correct. You understand? Do, do you guys know that's not? Remember Anchorman? Yeah. It's Anchorman. Yellow leather. <laughs> what, what is We're it? just reading the prompt. What is it? Unique, Unique New, York. New York. Unique New Red York. Red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> um... Yeah. So once again, it's all about Trump. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I think wasn't he part of Trump's legal team for his impeachments? Oh, I'm sure. I don't know. I, Back when he was president, I, I don't think know. he was mega mega. So probably yes. Yeah. So you know, I'm, as people are spiraling, they're spiraling about it. They can't handle it. Have you ever heard the mainstream media ever talk about the House congressional Democrats led by Pelosi as being extreme left? No. Of course not. As you know she's they ripping, are. Yeah, her as behavior. She, with as all she's their ripping the, what was that? Oh, what, what was, was she that? ripping? She, well, she was ripping the, the speech Donald Trump was giving. Mm-hmm. For the, um, what address? Well, State of the Union. State of the Union. I mean, Just behind was, him. The, the press is, be, uh, to me, they're the biggest traitors this country has ever yeah. had. Um, and I, I'll continue to call them traitors. They don't give you the, it's all from an uh, ideology that they come from. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like what you're seeing on college campuses now with the war in the Middle yes. East. It's just horrific. Uh, at the end of the day, um, Americans, and I think the younger generation, they have a lot of outlets now to go find their news. They don't have to listen to this drib, dribble coming out of the mainstream media. You have a lot of other sources you can get right. a fair shot at really finding out what the heck's going on from both sides, and then you can, people can make up their decisions. Um, you know, Back in my day, we had three or four network TV channels, and that was And that was it. it. And you, you just got the one. At the end of the day, you didn't think you were getting biased news, but uh, you were. And, and I think it wasn't quite as bad as it is today because they really ran the whole show. They now s- they well, pick their sides. And it's just, I feel like in general, like there's so much misinformation, and, but it's so easy to believe it. Like even with the mass shooter, there was misinformation coming out about him, but you wouldn't know it. We are so divided as a people that... This is what I believe this is kind of what we want is we want our side and we want it yeah. all the time and we don't want to hear the other side. I think that I'm just as guilty as ever. I don't even want to. I used to listen to CNN. I can't even listen to it anymore because all they say is the same thing over and over. Well, and you over watched and over one and over you watched again. them all. Yeah. I mean, it's just all spewing hate and negativity towards one particular individual. Like, do we not have anything else to talk about? Well, we do. We just don't focus on that as much. I think that I, I think you're right. AJ, I believe that if if young people today understand, if we can just teach them to make their own decisions on all of the information rather than just looking at a snippet of the information, then, then it'll be a lot better. You know, I'm watching this documentary called Convicting a Murderer. The last oh. episode was just on last night. I didn't get to finish it, but it's it's this... It's this basically it's this documentary to clear up what making a murderer screwed up. And making a murderer, it was an international push that I'll this, never forget when that came out. That this guy, Stephen Avery, is this like saint who's innocent and didn't commit this murder. And the documentary makers left out all of this information, a lot of the evidence. <laughs> and people like still think this guy's innocent. So and people's lives were destroyed. The police officers were called corrupt. They were being harassed yeah. on a daily basis. I mean, it got really bad. You still have protests till today outside of the Manitowoc courtroom happening over Stephen Avery's innocence. Now, flip to this documentary called Convicting a Murderer. It shows you all of the information you're supposed to be seeing. Which makes me believe that documentaries and news organizations, it's all for entertainment. Well, it just it's makes not you question accurate. everything. It's fraud. It's bullshit. And people need to start realizing that, that you've got to go research these things. It's like people who believe that shows like The Bachelor or Love is Blind that are real. real. It's like that's, that's the mentality that I feel like we live in. It's like, well... The show said it. This is real. They they really did fall in love. Cut to two two months later. Oh, we split up. <laughs> we we were never in love. Like it's just it's that mentality where it's like 
you want to believe everything you see or read or hear. Why do and people it's not. want to do that though? Because it's everyone easier? wants it quick. You want it quick. Because we're lazy. We're lazy. No one wants to take the time. And you want to be able to just make your little argument or your little point based on something you read for five seconds. Yeah. I mean, and not to bleed all over this documentary, but there's this one guy that really believes he's innocent. And he, he literally believes the fact that police officers killed a woman in a field, took her car, planted it on his property, then planted more blood, somehow managed to sneak into Stephen Avery's house while, without him even knowing this, steal his blood somehow, and then spread it in the car, and then find these fragments of bones and chop her up and put them in his fire pit, rather than him just committing the crime. I got to watch it, and it's then we should weird. do a whole episode on it. It's so, it's so good. I, lo- I watched the first you, documentary. And you can binge it now. So it's okay. it's so interesting what these documentary people hid from. And that's what everybody on TV and the internet is doing, is they're just giving you a little bit of the information so that you can right. believe something in a very biased way. Because they know people are lazy and they're not going to mm-hmm. go do their own research. What's it called again? Convicting a Murder. It's on the Daily Wire if... You need an Candace account. Owens. Yep, you need an account to do it. And if you want my account, I'm happy to give it to you. You can just watch it. It's fantastic. It's yeah. sad what <laughs> happened to these people. And then they made out this victim to be like someone who's still alive and fooling everybody. And she lives in Mexico. It's yeah, oh I gotta watch it. You should start with Making a Murderer, which is on Netflix. Oh wait, oh we can do like a social study on we you. We should. Well, that was, I think I watched that one, okay, that, but that's where they tried to prove he was innocent, correct? Yeah, what did you think of that? It was a long time ago. Oh. I was pregnant with Ellie. Yeah, that oh, was, it was a, a long time. I, re- long I stayed time up all night watching it. And it I think a- they really made a good case that he was innocent. Yes, well, I, I, you leave that documentary thinking, oh my gosh, this man is innocent. Yeah. How could it, they do this? Not, they, they did this to the nephew and who's like slower. Well, and watch yes, convict, watch yeah, yeah. Convicting a Murder because it all comes out. The oh, actual yeah. interview with Brendan Dassey. The actual, like, actions of Stephen Avery. He had he had violence against women his whole life. Really? Okay, it, it I gotta was, watch it. I it gotta was, watch it. And once again, it's just to the point where you're being fooled every single day. Question your answers, and you're being fooled. Yeah, question so the answer. You guys gotta figure shit out on your own. I'm sorry, but you just do. Speaking of figuring shit out on <laughs> our own, Brittany has written a book. The topic who, that really matters. Who has really cleared everything up for us. <laughs> it's Brittany, bitch. Okay, wait. Let me go to this fantastic article that yes, I found. Oh, my God. We totally skipped this, but we can come back to that. I got one after. The, yeah, we can. So, um, the Brit Spears um, has written a book. She has. And I ordered it. I got it. I got to start it. Of course it. you did. <laughs> of course I did. Did you think anything less of me? So, Britney Spears recently released her highly anticipated memoir, The Woman in Me Yesterday. Mm -hmm. Inside, she offers equally heartfelt and heartbreaking insight into her life in the spotlight. So, my guess is if we just kind of go through this, it's going to cover all of your bullet points. Now, I believe this is a book from her point of view. I believe she believes these things happened to her, and this this is how it made her feel. Whether this is kind of what was happening in, happening in reality, we can all question that. But this is what was happening inside of this woman's head. Not to mention, I can't imagine what it's like to be in the spotlight 24-7 from a little girl, making mistakes, doing normal things that every human normal does, things, yeah. and having it blow up in front of the whole world. She, just so we're all clear. <laughs> clear us up, Megan. Think about this. She, okay, so she was part of the Mickey Mouse Club. She was young. Mm-hmm. But... Hit me, baby, one more time, which is really what made her blow up. She was 16 years old when that music video came out. And she's 16. Yeah. Can you imagine? No. And ever since that music video came out and her first album came out, she was the focal point of every news story. People basically hunted her down mm-hmm. from morning till night. One of the things she says is, everybody wanted a piece of me. And she has a song called Piece of Me. Okay, but it's true. This girl going under that much scrutiny from, I mean, they were inter- men, grown male interviewers, and we'll get into all this because I'm already skipping ahead, interviewing basically an 18-year-old asking about her breasts because hmm. she was 16 when she started, so you're going through puberty, asking her if she's had implants. You're asking, if can you imagine that flying today? Mm. Please. Mm. So 
it's it's important to keep these things in mind because no the, one would come out okay after all that. Nobody nobody would be in the right no. mindset living this type We'd of We'd all life. have shaved heads. We yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we would, and that's maybe the truth. not, but okay. I mean, or some other things. Okay, so number one, so spoiler alert: when yes. discussing her family background and the personality behind the man who raised her father, Jamie Spears, mm-hmm. Brittany shared an anecdote about her paternal grandfather loved sports and wanted his son to excel in them. So her grandfather seemingly forced her father to regularly exercise past the point of exhaustion. Well. He didn't come out to be the next David Beckham, but... Brittany said her father would put her brother Brian through the same regimen. And outside looking in, the model of this holding high expectations surrounded Brittany's career as well. You know, her father was very prominent from the beginning in this woman's life. Mm-hmm. Okay, number two. Do you have a reaction to the first one? Not yet? Not yet. Okay. Speaking of common threads in history, Brittany also shared that following the tragic loss of a child, her paternal grandfather had her grandmother admitted to a hospital she described as an asylum. According to the memoir, her grandfather's second wife would also be sent Mm. to the same facility during her father's formative years, so he grew up seeing women being sent away during periods of heightened emotion. Well, weird, she was put in a conservatorship for 13 years by her father. I mean, you have to look at that and say, well, that makes sense. I, I do, I mean, I don't know, I didn't know all these sense. details. Sense, maybe that's not the best But I think she had an interesting childhood before she, you know, got famous. Yeah. And was she always just treated like a child, locked away and controlled? Sounds like it. All right, number three. Growing up, Brittany said her first introduction to music that sent her a shiver down her spine was from a housekeeper paid to help with laundry. They sang gospel music while working, and the sound was awakening for the pop icon. Hmm. Gospel music was her first introduction to music. Number four. It's widely known that Brittany got her start on the all-new Mickey Mouse Club, but she actually didn't make the cut after her first auditions. Oh, I didn't know that. Her and Christina Aguilera were told they were too young. So they had to audition several years later, and that's when they were um, put into the Mickey Mouse Club. Hmm. You didn't know that. I did not. Do you remember her star search? Yes. Performance? And her voice is so much deeper. Like, the way she we know her to sing, I don't really feel like that's her real voice. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what her real voice sounds like? She also like? talks on her Instagram sometimes with, like, a British accent. It's super weird. I mean, right, exactly. <laughs> so... All right, her fir- uh, number five. Her first kiss with Justin actually happened during a sleepover with cast members. The kids were playing Truth or Dare when the two locked lips on a dare while a Janet Jackson <laughs> song played in the background. Oh, the foreshadowing. <laughs> I'm sure, uh, number six. I'm sure you know the starlet's debut, debut. debut signal. Baby, one more time. Thank you, Megan. But did not know that her... Gravely voice on the track was actually the result of long studio hours and retakes. Her voice was fried, but Brittany loved how the end product sounded more mature and sexier. Remember, she was 16. 16. I mean, talk about just put yourself in a music box and sing, sing, sing. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you talk a lot, your, your voice gets raspy. Can yeah. you imagine singing over and over again? I feel like she always wanted to be a performer, though, even when she was younger. Like, this was what she wanted to do. Yes. And I think, I truly think that she would still do it today if these other outside things didn't happen to her. Mm. I think her own life and personal things got in the way. Mm. And unfortunately, they weren't great. Number seven, this incredibly random fact, but I was surprised to learn that Big Rob, famous for being the Jonas Brothers' former bodyguard who wrapped a verse on <laughs> Burning Up, previously served as the 16-year-old Britney's bodyguard following the release of her first album. Oh, you go, Big Rob. It's kind of boring. Um, number eight, looking back, Britney said the main difference she saw between NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys was how they branded themselves. Yeah, I heard. <laughs> the Backstreet Boys seemed very consciously to passion themselves as the white group, whereas NSYNC aligned themselves with black artists. Do you well, remember let, that? Let's, let's go back in time, okay? Because I don't remember that at all. I never looked at NSYNC as, like, more R&B, soulful, like... Of, like black artists. I mean, I never liked NSYNC, but I didn't look I at loved it as NSYNC. black or white. I loved NSYNC. Hardcore fan. We know. <laughs> Not once was I like, 
yeah, they're not, they're not white guys. Like, (laughs) that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. All right, number nine, to drive home the point of NSYNC, trying to place themselves within the black culture. Brittany recalled a time when when singer Genuine walked past her and Justin, and Justin suddenly took on a on a saying that says faux shiz, faux shiz. Did you see the audio on, did you hear the audio on this? No. I, I wonder if you click this. So Michelle Williams is the narrator of the, the audio version of the book, which oh, how really? and why, I don't, hmm. I don't know. Um, oh, I think this is it. So she's, people are posting this all over the internet of Michelle Williams reading that part. And it's like, it's like you rapping basically <laughs> is what it is. Oh, I wish they had the clip somewhere. Oh, maybe it's right here. His band in sync was what people back then called so pimp. They boys, but they loved hip hop. To me, that's what separated them from the Backstreet Boys, who seemed very consciously to position themselves as a white group. In sync hung out with black artists. Sometimes I thought they tried too hard to fit in. One day, Jay and I were in New York, going to parts of town I'd never been to before. Walking our way was a guy with a huge blinged-out medallion. He was flanked by two giant security guards. Jay got all excited and said so loud, Oh yeah, foches, foches, genuine, what's up, homie? After genuine walked away, Felicia did an impression of Jay. Oh yeah, foches, foches, genuine. Jay wasn't even embarrassed. He just took it and looked at her like, Okay, fuck you, Fee. (laughs) I'm sorry, but that's gold. Someone people are, were commenting on Instagram from that clip saying, "Give Michelle Williams her Oscar." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but I guess how did Michelle Williams come into play? Oh, I, I need answers. Should on I that. read it? I need answers on that. How sure and why? She called her up and but, said, "Hey, Foshes, read this line, Michelle. I want to yeah. see how you do." I know um, it's so random. All right, number ten. I think we're on ten. In two thousand, Britney faced her first major criticism after performing "Oops, I Did It Again" at the Video Music Awards. I remember this. Some people apparently felt her outfit was a bit too sexy for children watching. In hindsight, Britney says she was confused about the backlash because, in her words, "I never said I was a role model." <laughs> I, and I also okay. So this was obviously back in two thousand. So we're going back a little bit, but. What's the difference between what she's wearing here and what we see today? Well, the difference is time. Time. This was really the first raunchy performance from the Mickey Mouse I guess. girl. Yeah, what we I were re- seeing. Do you remember watching this? I loved it, but I was she like, she ripped off the yeah. pants and she's in this like nude. It's one of my favorite performances. Yeah, she, by I mean, her. she did a the great job. The dancing was fantastic, but it was raunchy. Yeah. And she, listen, you're naked with sparkles on you. But from her point of view, once again, it's like I never, I never said I was, I never said I wasn't trying to be sexy. Like that's exactly what I was trying to portray. But the world, once again, was so focused on her and being this like ultimate virgin, which yes. she wasn't. Well, she wasn't because. Well, we'll get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, number eleven during the her new her now iconic two thousand and one MTV VMA performance. I remember that too. She apparently was terrified of that snake. That was well, also another fantastic performance. Wouldn't you be? And though cameras didn't show it during the broadcast, Brittany said the snake hissed at her face during <laughs> mid performance. Could you imagine if that thing bit her? I, I wish we had a clip of this. We'll put one in. Um, I mean, look at that. That was a that was the biggest Halloween it, costume back then. Oh my! Still, yeah, but is. no one no one looks like that. Um, not even her, right anymore. But. It wasn't even like she even just held that snake. She moved. She was dancing around with that thing. Yeah. And it was like, I remember watching that as well, being like, oh, my God, that's a real snake that she's holding. And she looks calm and she did not look worried at all. This is when I, this is like when I was like, I really want to be her. Yeah. Oh, who didn't? I know. What girl didn't? I know. All right, number 12. As her fame grew, the teen also noticed more and more grown men joining mm-hmm. the audience, which kind of weirded her out. Really? I was Whoa, some wait kind of. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. She's performing in that and performing like that. And she's surprised Surprised that more grown men are in the audience. I don't think she should be surprised. What What's more shocking is these interviews that she was in and she was still young. And you have these grown men like openly talking to her and asking her questions about her body. But not for nothing. When you, when you look at your career and you decide that, Maybe on voice alone, you can't do it. I never thought Brittany had a great voice. No, no, But what no. she sold was her body. Yes, her, her image. And, yeah. her, and, and, and so what, what do you expect to happen? This is what kills me about celebrities who go, 
blame everybody else because they're selling themselves as a sex icon. And then when they're treated like a sex icon, oh, they're just so bewildered and, you know, <laughs> shocked and, you know. Like we said, AJ, this is not may- maybe reality. This is more of her in her head. Yeah, but I mean, I think, again, you know, you sell yourself as a certain way. That's what you're I going mean, But I think the saddest thing, because, yes, I, I agree. I also think some of it was a little too much from coming being pushed at her. But, like, at the end of the day, where's your support system? Like, where's your family? Where's your parents? Because she was still young. Okay, yeah, she was maybe 18, 19, 20. But, like, you're not having that no, backup. I think, I think they were there, but I think they were driving Not looking this. out for her in, no, in, exactly. in her I, best I think, interest. I think they were driving this because they knew it was selling. Well, I sure. mean, even her first debut, she's in a... She's in a little school A Catholic schoolgirl uniform. With the pigtails. Belly out, short skirt. So yeah. you, you, At you're 16. right, AJ. I get it. I get it. Okay, so number 12, we have an issue with. We'll tell Britt. <laughs> We'll DM her. Um, number 13. In 2002, Britney starred in Shonda Rhimes and Tamara Davis's film Crossroads. Never Loved seen it. it. Oh, what? Yeah. And her it's commitment great. went beyond method acting. She completely lost herself in the character and didn't know where the fictional Lucy Wagner ended, and she began. Reality Can felt I- distorted in a way, and it's for this reason that she was relieved when Rachel McAdams was chosen over herself for the role in the in Alley um, in the notebook. Okay, two things. One, <laughs> before this like book started circulating, I didn't know she auditioned for the notebook. Did you see the audition? I did. You you sent it to it's me. It's pretty bad. It, yeah. Okay, first of all, the notebook's like one of the best movies. And I'm trying to picture Brittany in those scenes. I can't. It's not going to happen. Crossroad, that makes me laugh because that character was like basically her. That's what I thought. It was I mean, really her in real life. <laughs> So the fact that she got lost in it, it's like, well, you were playing yourself. Once again, this is her perception in her head, Uh not maybe reality. Okay, okay, number Mm. 14. When it came to her sister Jamie Lynn Spears' upbringing and her own, Brittany said they were extremely different. Now, there was a story where, you know, she went away for a little while to perform and she came home and her 12-year-old sister or 10-year-old sister was a complete bitch. I don't know any sisters that don't say that about each other. I really don't. Just find me one sibling that doesn't say that about their little sister. Right. I mean, I don't have a sister, but I think just siblings in general. Yeah. Like, what do you expect? And if she was, what, of course 12? Of course she was the youngest one. She was spoiled. She was still yeah. at home with mom. Yeah, it's going to be different. They're, they do. Uh, some, I don't I wish. I, I haven't read the book, but I feel like there's a lot more to that relationship sister yeah i'm curious about that too um okay number 15 justin timberlake and britney's famous denim on denim moment was initially suggested as a joke but then their stylist went with it and they committed (laughs) now she loves that y'all have made this an annual halloween costume that was fantastic it was fantastic look at at it they look great today's people could never 16 Speaking of Justin, Brittany said that she was so head over heels in love that she chose to ignore that he allegedly cheated on her a couple of times. Yeah. Okay, everyone cheats on each other in Hollywood. This is nothing new. Um, so 17, Justin cheated, Brittany alleges, so she felt at liberty to cheat as well. So did she. So she did. So she did. And says she later admitted to this to Justin, and they mutually agreed to move forward together. So she she kissed her her choreographer. That was her form of cheating. I don't know what his form of cheating was, and I don't know if that's completely accurate. They kissed? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Okay. Sounds stable. 18. It was around this time that Brittany learned she was pregnant. This is the big one. Mm-hmm. A reality she didn't seem to mind because she thought they would were headed toward together forever. According to Brittany, though, Justin thought they were too young, so she had an abortion, saying... If we didn't want to become a father, he didn't want to become a father, I didn't feel like I had much of a choice. Okay, back up, Brittany. It is your choice. It takes two people to get an abortion, not just one, for the most part. I don't, this is crap to See, me. I, str- this I was- struggle with this, be- and then there, there's another piece, I guess, in the book, and again, I've just seen this online, but where she's saying that she spent hours afterwards crying on the floor and he was trying to calm her down by playing his guitar during so Dur- that in i got it ready number 19 because they opted for a medical abortion which is you take two mm-hmm. pills which involves take oh, <laughs> which involves taking two pills <laughs> operation extreme redundancy done okay that induced heavy crapping and bleeding the process took a few hours 
During this time, Brittany remembers being in extreme pain and crying on the bathroom floor. To help, she says Justin brought a guitar into the bathroom and played while she sobbed. Okay. This <laughs> this is That's nice of him. Harry, because Okay. How long ago was this? I struggle with this because to your point, it takes two people to get into this situation. Time they are adults now. He's married with children. You know, I feel like, do we need to put this in a book for ever, the world to read? That's that's very personal. I know it's a memoir and that's what you do. But at the same time... Well, I think having abortion, an abortion would affect a woman in a specific way. And I, I feel like it would be something that you would want to talk about if you're talking about your life. I know... But to put him kind of on blast too. Well, that that that's what I don't agree with. It's I don't, and I don't even know if it was him and her making the decision. I feel like this was something that would have tanked their careers. Therefore, there were a lot sure, of people. Sure, it would have changed behind. the whole course of their their lives. One hundred percent. There was a lot of people behind this decision, not yes. just him. And you were also involved in it as well. If you don't think her father or you know whoever was managing her, you bet. didn't have a say in that as well. Um, the abortion thing I get, yes, yeah, so you're going to want to talk about it. And I think absolutely you should, but don't bring other people then I guess, and like, just talk about you and your feelings about it. I don't know. Mm. I feel weird about it. I feel like she needed to get this one out. There was a specific reason why she went after him. <sighs> what do you yeah, think? It's to sell, it's to sell more copies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number 19. All I'm saying is oh, no. he's got children, one. and one day they're gonna they could read this stuff. They are yes, and I I know you're in the you're in the limelight. That's your job, but well, I, I don't know. I feel like it could have been maybe worded a little different. But I haven't read it yet, so I need to go. I need to go read this DM first. Her. Say Brit, we Let's need chat. To, we need to talk. So Justin and uh, number twenty, Justin ended their relationship via text. Brittany said, apparently, it just said it's over. That was the whole text. And while he was out doing performances and other things, she remained in Louisiana, crying her eyes out. She was devastated over this breakup. I have this. this while we're on the Justin topic, so it was, of course, people are reading this now, and there was one post I saw. I think it was on Instagram where. It first started out with this clip saying, who's going to be the most hated man? And then it's a clip of Justin Timberlake saying, it's going to be May. (laughs) (laughs) Because Brittany has a huge fan base. So like, and I was a fan of both of them. So, and I'm living in the past still. So it's hard, but, and I feel terrible that she went through all of these things. But then I found this other clip um, that made me chuckle. Because to backtrack, they dated, okay? He was then I think either had started or just started his solo career when I, the breakup was happening. And he oh. painted, he, that's when he came out with Cry Me a River and right. his whole music video. You don't ever see the woman's face, but literally it was like the same hair body as Britney. And hat. And made you believe. It, that whole album and his songs at the time when they broke up made you believe that Britney was the one who cheated on him. It was like a harlot. Cheated on him and ruined the relationship. When in reality... It was probably both. It was probably both. They're young. Of course. You know, you got people throwing themselves at you from left and right. So I, but when you think back now, like, okay, he released this and you really felt like, why did Britney do that? Like you wanted to blame her. And. Well, there was that Diane Sawyer interview that just eviscerated her. Once again, a young girl. Young girl, you know, getting drilled about all of this stuff. Stupid shit. No, you wouldn't be able to. To deal with that even in your own personal private life. I couldn't do it at 39. No. So, I mean. <laughs> so, there was this clip. Let me start it over. <laughs> Justin Timberlake, 2006. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was funny. Why do you think that's funny? Because he's releasing the song. You're like, Team Justin. And then flash forward to 2023. And she's releasing all this dirt on him. Okay, well, that went over Chrissy's head, so. <laughs> Once again, there's, carry, a, there's, carry on. <laughs> there's a specific reason why she's going after him. This is, I think this is a little more deep-rooted than we, than we understand. Listen, I think this woman has been through hell and back, and I, I think it's great that she wants to tell her side of the story. You know, she's, yeah. she's 
Well, she's, she's telling. Na- she's, she's naming names. She's telling. Where her. does she go from here? She's going to collect another, this money. Another Vegas res- residency. She has not had a live perform- a performance in front of an audience since 2018. What do you mean? She's got that Instagram account where she well, dances with knives. And <laughs> but does- not in front of people, in front of her dogs. No, that's in front of people. People love no, it. No, I mean like a live audience. I know. I, I'm just being an <laughs> asshole. All right. Number 21. Following the breakup, Brittany returned home to check in on things. As she said, she had learned her sister, Jamie Lynn, had become a total <laughs> bitch. Once I don't Once again, show me two sisters that haven't we had a We obviously need more context on that. All right. We'll skip that one. Um, number 22. Justin Timberlake's song, Cry Me River, came out in 20... 2002. Came out in 2002. <laughs> and if you've somehow not seen the video, it features a woman who looks exactly like Britney cheating on him and breaking his heart. Mm-hmm. After its release, Britney said she was booed at everywhere she went. Um, and she grew annoyed that he was praised for seemingly getting revenge while she was being slut-shamed despite him having cheated as well. You know, the guy always comes out on top, guys. Like, it's such a... it's It happens in today's society. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're a single woman and you go date a married man, guess who gets crucified? You do. The single woman, not the married man. He'll go to th- to therapy and say I'm sorry, and, and you know things will go back to their lovey dovey life. And then you're the you're the slut who slept with the married man. That's little true. little little sidetrack for you. Twenty three. Brittany said that the one good thing to come out of Justin speaking to the press about their relationship was him finally disclosing that they had had sex. <laughs> so she could get rid of that whole cloud of being a virgin 24 newfound confidence in tow Brittany um says she was the one to initiate the kiss between her and madonna originally the choreographer had planned for the two stars to kiss the air between them which i would have preferred them to do but after being inspired by the way madonna wore her sexuality without fear Brittany decided to go for it i thought this was so awkward and weird wasn't christina also i don't know performing with them or was it just them two just them two Oh, you're right. They had that. Do du- they had that song? I thought this was. I I found it like ugh, really. Uh, well, this is yeah, where we it's gotta too go? much. It's too much. Brittany said that she felt forced by her team to do the widely watched interview with Diane Sawyer, um, and exploited, um, and exploited during a time when she would have been healing following a public breakup and harsh reaction from the public. Yeah. Oh my God! Great. How many of these are there? Holy crap! We're not going through all of these. Let's go to the higher ones, the better ones. Um, let's see. Red flags about her family's involvement and her personal decisions started popping up for Brittany when she took a trip with her friends to Vegas. That's when she married that guy, and then they got annulled. So that's when her parents were like, eh, you're not making great decisions, so we're going to step in. Um, during her marriage to Kevin Federline, she said that she had grew and he had grown in fame. She watched it ruin him, and ever since their divorce, she doesn't believe she's ever truly trusted anyone. That was a weird relationship. It was so weird, and yeah. now she's got kids with him. And well, he's the one taking care of the kids. He, yeah, he just moved to Hawaii too. Yeah. Um. Let's see. After giving birth to her two sons, Brittany fell into postpartum depression. You know, she felt like every move she made was a headline, and any normal mistake that new mothers are usually given grace for would instead earn her the label of a bad mom. That's an interesting. Well, perspective. that's you're, you're, she's so in the public eye that they, they do watch your every move. And it's unfortunate that the press and paparazzi is like that. Who wants to live that way? Mm-hmm. Isn't that also, didn't she put her son on her lap when she was driving? I don't, I, I don't. think so. Probably. I mean. I mean, what's worse, that or Michael Jackson hanging his kid over the balcony? His son blanket? Um, <laughs> his son blanket. He had him. He had a tight grip. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Number 29, Brittany cut her hair in 2007 as a big yeah. FU to the world after years of men, the media, her family, and the public over-sexualizing her. Here we go. Speaking hypocritically of her, patronizing her, acting like she was evil, and holding a microscope to her life. Shaving her head felt like almost religious, she said. Hmm. Not how I would choose to honor my God, but after Brittany was placed under the conservatorship, which is designed to transfer decision-making to a person's appointed guardian, in this case, her father, after courts decide they are incapable of making these decisions for themselves, Brittany said her father looked at her and said, I'm Brittany Spears now. Okay. 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 So let's just end with this one. Um, in 2000, this is, this is, um, this is interesting. In 2017, Brittany won Radio Disney's first ever Icon Award. 
and Jamie Lynn performed a medley of Britney's songs in her honor. Yikes. Since then, it's been speculated that Britney's seemingly strained smile throughout the performance may have been due to troubles between the siblings. Instead, Brittany, Cla- uh, Brittany clarified in her memoir that she had be- been pushing for the ability to perform a medley during her Vegas reg- residency, but was told no again and again. So it was bittersweet to watch her sister be able to do the same thing with her music that she wasn't allowed to do. So have you heard Jamie Lynn sing before? Um, because what can you name a song she sings? No. No, but I feel like I've have seen clips. Pull let's, one up. Wait, let's Spotify her. And um, I'm guessing a, that's a weird move. I'm <laughs> so. guessing you are saying she's not a great singer. She's not, and she, I don't think she's a good actress either. She's painful to watch. She's in the shadow of her fa- of her sister. Okay, all right, let's listen. So it's just auto tune. It's yeah. It's just. I mean, she sounds like every other pop girl out there. I I, I just think that's strange. Um, Isn't she on a, a series on Netflix? Yeah, she's part of the Sweet Magnolias or whatever show, and she's the worst character on that show, in my opinion. I can't. She's just painful to watch. So she um, also says the hashtag Free Britney movement was life-saving. Um, she felt like she had no one in her corner, no one to support her except her fans, and they were the ones that stood up for her. They, they did. So, And for now sure. she's out of the conservatorship dancing with knives. I mean, hashtag Free Britney. Free Brit. I, I, Everyone will always hold a place in their hearts for, for Britney. Britney Spears. She was... Especially our generation, like she was the it girl. She was. She was it. She was like the most popular. girl She had in the best, and her songs were great. No, did she have like? A, is she a Celine Dion? Okay, no, but <laughs> her songs were great. She had great songs. You could dance to them. Her, the, she was an amazing performer. Her form, dancing, like she was awesome. She was yeah. awesome. So yes, you do have like a little tender spot for always the Britney that we always all knew. It's and it, I personally think it's been really sad to watch her like on this decline and even now like she got free from her conservatorship and you're like yes you're hoping for the best for her she got married to sam whatever his name is and then they got divorced shortly after and she's got these weird instagram posts of her either just in the i almost don't even i don't think it's a decline i think this is a woman who has had trouble growing up mentally and is finding herself right now. And this is kind of what we're getting. I, in 10 years, let's talk about if it's a decline. Because she'll I, either be in I, an asylum or not. I mean. I don't think you'll need to wait 10 years. I don't <laughs> think so either. I feel. Okay. I, you know what I wish for? I wish she would just take her money and go live on a beach somewhere kind of secluded. And just, like, be at peace. Well, when you've had somebody control every aspect of your life, your entire life. What do you think comes out of that? Once She's yeah. on her own right now, so f- she's figuring it out, and it's she, really entertaining to watch. She, so She did write that she has the freedom to do what I want to do, has given me back my womanhood. Uh, in my 40s, I'm trying things for what feels like the first time. I feel like the woman in me was pushed down for so long. Hmm. There's been a lot of speculation about how I'm doing, she writes. I know my fans care. I am free now. I am just being myself and trying to heal. Yeah, and I think that she's a quirky individual, like super duper quirky. That's to- that's fine. I again, I think she's not murdering anyone. She's not doing any mass shootings. I mean, she's she's just an entertainer that is entertaining, and she still gets that <laughs> attention. She still gets that public attention because there she's got millions and of millions of fans who do watch her every post that she puts out there, every comment. So. She still has that traction and attention. So I feel like the stuff she the only, puts out, you're still going to get blown up about it. I mean, it still is. I mean, the only thing that is going to get in her way is the fact that she doesn't have a support system. She has a father that wants to control her, maybe for reasons that were plausible. She has 
men in her life that will come in. And once again, there's always like a piece of her, like the, they will always take advantage. So yeah. if she could stand on her own two feet and I don't know if she knows how to do that, I think that she could get back into performing and do what she always did. And that would help her. But I, I, I don't see the support system she needs ever being yeah. there because she's always being used in some way, shape or form. And I think she's more aware of it now. Well, I'm hoping that she'll fall into the category of a survivor. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, right? I mean, she's, this is a woman who's probably lived three lifetimes compared to yeah. most normal folks. And um, you got to give her credit. She's uh, still here. And you hope she doesn't end up tragically like a lot of other performers who started young and had all this attention uh, thrown at them. Um, and you just want to say at the end of the day, Britney Spears, she was a survivor. She, she got through all of it. Yeah. And she lived a long life. You know, and she's a fighter for sure. Thanks, AJ, <laughs> bringing it up and bringing up the lighter end. Well, when I was doing some research on Britney Spears, I, you know, you just go to YouTube, pull up some videos. I don't know how I stumbled onto it, but there, there is her performing with Michael Jackson at Madison oh, Square yeah. Garden. Um, and for those of you who haven't seen it, I mean, I, the I way you make big, me feel. Oh, it was a whole medley. I mean, I but didn't like that performance, that Madison Square Garden performance where she really did what Britney Spears was really, she just strutted yeah, the stage. She just walked around. The vocals were just okay, but performing with somebody like Michael Jackson at Madison Square, I think that's where it was. It was electrifying. I found I it mean, creepy. Um, but no. she did what she did when she was big. She just strutted on the stage and, and you he got was these following her around. You got these two huge pop superstars. Superstars. But it was so unbelievable to me to be like, he wanted her. Like, I just... Well, that, okay. that, that feels, that feels, like, that feels like an attack on MJ, and I don't appreciate it. Um, <laughs> oh, God, here we go. Okay, yes, did he look a little... But, scary, but, yeah. But to, it was, to try to believe that Michael Jackson like wanted this woman was so... Well, who? gross and eerie to me. Michael Jackson was like asexual, He's, in my opinion. The, but the video, his music video, was him going after a girl. So who would be when okay he was for that part? And looked normal. <laughs> who would be good for that part? He looked like a female. I, I mean, he looked like a male. Anyway, <laughs> don't you know? The last time you said something nasty about a politician, they ended up kicking the bucket. So I know. Um, all right, to end <laughs> our episode, what is your favorite Britney Spears song? Oh, that's hard. Pick one, girl. How about you, AJ? What was your favorite Britney <laughs> I know, Spears? I <laughs> Joel, do you have a favorite Britney Spears song? I love, oops, I did it again. Okay. I love Crazy. One. I can't name one. What's yours? Drive Me Crazy. I know that's crazy. I love that. I love the music video. I love the outfit in the music <sighs> video. I love the dance. I, I just, Drive Me Crazy, hands down, my favorite. I do love I'm a Slave for You, too. I don't. I can't pick one. All right, those are my top three. All right, we won't. We won't. I got down to three. We won't back you into a corner. All right, guys, there it is. Britney Spears political updates and what else did we talk about today? A cornucopia stuff. Yes. All right. Well, smorgasbord. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, guys. See you next time. Bye.